A night of celebration turned into a senseless murder. The look he gave me, the look he gave me, it was just like he was saying, Auntie, it's over. I'm not going to get out of this. A young father savagely attacked and killed. I was talking to him, just telling him, please don't go. You have a family, kids to go home to. And a teenager out of control. You say, quote, I love the life I live, love being mischief, being bad, I thrive off it. We look into the tragic murder of Jermaine Wharton. On Saturday the 27th of February 2021, father of five Jermaine Wharton was beaten, chased and fatally stabbed in an unprovoked attack. More than a year and a half later, Jermaine's whānau are still struggling to come to terms with the events that unfolded that fateful night. They've asked us to share his story, to honour the memory of this much-loved father, partner, brother and friend. Here's part one of a special three-part report by journalist John Boynton and producer Janet McIntyre. In a valley fringed by the Urewira Ranges sits the small village of Waioho, a quiet, isolated place where only a few hundred people live. Waioho is our home, so it's just a proud feeling to be from here. Everyone knows each other, everyone's related. Nothing really changes. Everything's always the same. But things did change in February 2021. A 21st birthday bringing together local whānau and guests from out of town turned into gang-fueled chaos. That almost felt like the devil was in the house. It's exactly what it was. One of the party guests, 31-year-old Jermaine Wharton, was surrounded, then chased from the club rooms. I know my nephew's harmless. He doesn't like fighting, never has. Beaten, stabbed to death in the middle of the night, just metres from his whānau urupa. He would have been scared. He honestly would have been scared. While his partner and their children were at home waiting for him. He's dead. He died on me. What the hell am I going to tell our babies? So how did a 21st birthday held in the peaceful and quiet valley of Waioho at the local rugby club rooms end with the murder of Jermaine Wharton on the whenua he loved? He was a family man with no known gang connections. He wasn't a fighter, yet he was targeted by men wearing mongrel mob red, some who would end up killing him. What do you think he did to deserve this? Nothing. 
The type of nephew, the type of man he was, nothing. And he wouldn't have done anything or said anything apart from don't disrespect our whenua. The Wailho Rugby Club Room is the hub and heart of the community. Happy memories, many birthdays, much fun. A sacred place on the grounds of the marae. It's where Sharon Ranui, Jermaine's auntie, had seen only the best of times. We leave all the people and photos, photos everywhere. And just everyone happy. I still can walk in here, but when I talk about Jermaine, many flashes come back on the night of the birthday. Sharon helped to raise Jermaine and his siblings here before he moved to the coast, lured by work as a fisherman and his love of tangaroa. trying to get the boys on board. But his heart was always in Wailhoe. He wouldn't wish to be anywhere else except for when he's out there on the boats fishing. Is he someone who would often come back for events like birthdays and tangi? Yeah, be around. Yeah, he never really liked to miss out on much, Jermaine. And he didn't want to miss out on the chance of love. Four years ago, he first met Rachel Keynes. Thinking of you, my darling, I miss you heaps. Love you, dude. And I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I'll see you when I get back in, my darling. Jermaine and Rachel were soon living together in Whakatane with their combined young whānau. And he come in like a storm and not only love me, but love my children too. No hesitation, no, no nothing, like, just, he was grateful. By the time their own baby son, Deltora, came along, Jermaine had turned his back on a one-time drug habit and turned his attention to his young family. He's, like, very hungry. Oh. And his partner. Ha-ha-po? Yeah. He loved me. I never had that. And I loved him. It just went both ways. And we knew that in each other, no matter what life threw at us, we had each other. And we have our son. That was supposed to be my gift to him. Smile, he's so pretty. Definitely having kids, yeah, helped change him. His younger sister, Jasmine, was among many who'd noticed him settling down. Having a supportive partner changed him. Um, having that family, a family, yeah. I thought I'd take my boys to the Tarawira Falls. We are on the mish. Hey, Izzy. Yeah. He loved all five of them. They were his tribe. He like, come on, my tribe. <laughs> his tribe was the reason he initially turned down an invitation to the 21st in Waioho and a chance to reconnect with his wider whānau. He wasn't actually meant to come. He told us he was going to spend the weekend with his children. Yeah. But then knowing Jermaine, he just had to get himself here. 
Sharon and her whanau made an effort to put the party together in honour of her son's partner, who we've chosen not to name. Being a 21st, it was special to my daughter-in-law, so we just wanted to give her all we could to make her day special. She's an important part of your Very family. important, yeah. Also invited here were the birthday girls whānau from out of town. Some with links to the mongrel mob. They were guests on this marae, many of them unknown to the host, but everyone knew there was a risk of trouble. She didn't want no gang clothing or any actions that represent. And she was very clear <laughs> that she's spoken to her whole family. So she didn't want them to wear no. colours or No colours, patches. patches, no. Did drawing that line cause any tension for her and her whanau? No. She just said it's either that or don't come. On the day of the party, at home in Whakatane, Jermaine changed his mind about going. So your whole family's going to be there, love, your cousins, your aunts, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Be careful, have fun. Just promise me you come home. You, Mum, I promise I'll come home. I love you. I love you too, babe. I was kind of mad so I didn't kiss him on the lips. And he kissed me on the back of the head. And then he kind of like stood at the door waiting. And it's like, I love you. I love you too, babe. Just come home, please. It's like, I promise. The day of the 21st began without a hitch. We were there early in the morning just to help. And her whanau was there too, helping her auntie, her mum, her dad. The birthday girl's mother is Kelly Tutakanaho, who the courts have heard has whānau in the mongrel mob. Sharon says she too has relatives in gangs, including Black Power, but Jermaine was not among them. Was there any link there, any affiliation to gangs? Jermaine was not affiliated with gang, any gang. Sharon says she and Kelly made a pact before the party that if uh, either of us had trouble, if our families had trouble, that we would defuse any situation. And, yeah, make sure we just... Everyone has a great night. That's what we discussed. But that's not what happened. As a district court would hear, Kelly Tutakanaho not only failed to defuse tension on that night, she incited the first punch. party-goer who tried to save Jermaine. I remember screaming at the top of my lungs, ran, brother, just ran. And the killers learned their fate. Your offending involved a senseless and savage beating of an innocent man who had done nothing whatsoever to provoke you. Someone help me, I'm going to die. These are among the last words uttered by Jermaine Wharton as he lay bleeding to death next to his whānau Urupa in the Bay of Plenty settlement of Waioho. Jermaine had been the target of a sustained and savage beating, which culminated in him being stabbed three times. So what was it that incited the violence? Anaiti wahanga tuarua o tēnei ripoata. 
Te Roturua High Court, the two men responsible for the death of Jermaine Wharton, are waiting to hear their fate from Justice Paul Davison. The sentences that I shall impose on you are for the purpose of holding you accountable for what you have done. 18-year-old Caleb Renata and 28-year-old Roger Tutakanaho. In your world, ganging up together to violently attack an effectively defenceless man is regarded as a sign of being tough, when in fact it shows you to be the cowards you truly are. The defendants had been guests at a 21st birthday in Waioho that ran long into the night. So too was Tia Kohu. How did you feel walking into that party? Anxious. I remember putting my drinks down, looking at my cousin like, oh, oh, I don't know about this. She was excited to catch up with her mate, Jermaine, but also uncomfortable with the presence of the mongrel mob. Just heaps of young, red hooligans all over the show. It was all mobbed out. Roger and Caleb flaunting their allegiance to the mob. <laughs> a lot of barking, a lot of singing on the karaoke. Everyone was actually lit, so they were pretty drunk by the time we got there. People were wearing red, but then we started noticing gang-affiliated clothes, so that's when it got quite intimidating. At his trial, the court heard Roger Tutakanaho confronted Jermaine because he was wearing a black cap, accusing him of being a member of Black Power. Oh, he had different coloured hats, you know, but a black cap, like, you know, I was wearing a black dress. My partner had a black T-shirt on. You know, we had no links. Jermaine had no links to any gangs. None, zero at all. It's still not clear what triggered the violence in the early hours of that Sunday morning. But there was an altercation between Jermaine and the birthday girl's brother, Roger Tutakanaho. By this stage, a large amount of alcohol had been consumed. There was spitting, barking on that stage, talk of glares being exchanged. All of a sudden, the birthday party erupted. The birthday girl's mother, Kelly Tutakanaho, would admit in court she encouraged her son, Roger, to punch Jermaine. She was angry and yelling, he's smart, he, he needs a hiding, he's, we, we want a one out. Swearing at him and calling him a neck And I'm like, we didn't come here for this, it's your daughter's 21st. I tried to tell Kelly, we need to diffuse this, we need to stop this, we talked about this. She wasn't going to hear of it. Nah, he needs to be taught a lesson. Need a one out. The one out Kelly wanted was a one-on-one -on -one fight between her son, Roger, and Jermaine. Tia, too, stepped in. So you confronted her? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I'm like, he's doing nothing. He didn't do anything to you. Kelly Tsutakanaho would be criminally charged for her part in the attack on Jermaine. She told her son Roger 
son, just punch him in the mouth and get it over and done with. And that's what Roger did. He jumped straight on that table and just ran straight to Jermaine and smacked him straight in the head. You see that first punch connect with Jermaine. What do you do next? Run straight towards him to go and lift him and run. So you physically pick him up? I picked him up off the ground. Tia says she herself was attacked as she tried to protect Jermaine. All I remember is being whacked. My head, my back being punched and kicked. Jermaine just stood there and stared at me. The look he gave me. The look he gave me, it was just like he was saying, Auntie, it's over. I'm not going to get out of this. The fight escalated outdoors, down the road to the Urupa. I just seen all these people just chasing him. And I remember screaming at the top of my lungs, run, brother, just run. The court heard that Roger Tutakanaho ordered Caleb Rinata to chase after Jermaine, shouting, get him, dog, get him. Rinata, just 16 at the time of the attack, was the only defendant to give evidence at trial. His testimony has been revoiced by an actor. Just like a natural instinct of mine, you know? When a fight's going on, I just jump in. I caught up to Jermaine, I grabbed him, threw him to the ground, and was kicking him, punching him, and then he managed to get back up. I could feel something jiggling, like feeling around in my pocket. And I put my hand in and realised I still had the knife on me from that day early on. A pocket knife Renata says he'd been using earlier in the day in his job as a farmhand. So I stabbed him twice, and then he dropped to the ground, and then I stabbed him once more, and then I backed off. One of those stab wounds penetrated his lung, another penetrated his liver. Uh, they were obviously forceful blows. He did not attempt to fight back. He only tried to defend himself and get away from you. By the time you inflicted the fatal stab wounds, he had already been severely beaten and was still trying to escape. Stabbed and bleeding out on the ground, Jermaine was then kicked by a third defendant, Billy Dean Reiner. Before other partygoers carried Jermaine back to the club room, and Tia helped him into Sharon's car. And my cousin and a couple of other bros picking his legs up, and me just grabbing him by his belt and pulling him onto me. So you weren't getting any response from him? I could just faintly hear his breathing. I drove as fast as I could. Tia was in the back with him, sitting there holding him, crying and really freaking out, saying we're losing him. I was talking to him, just telling him, please don't go. You have a family, kids, to go home to. But it was too late. Jermaine died on his way to Fakatane Hospital. Coming up, the teenage killer with no remorse. You say, 
quote, I love the life I live, love being mischief, being bad, I thrive off it. What lies ahead for Caleb? Knowing um, how it works on the inside is that um, he'd be taken under the wing and further coached by the mob. It's likely that he could end up being a full-blown member by the time he gets out. Father of five, Jermaine Wharton, was murdered for wearing an item of clothing most people wouldn't think twice about, a black baseball cap. The man found guilty of murdering Jermaine was just 16 at the time of the attack. His accomplice was found guilty on the lesser charge of manslaughter. In this next part, we look at what may lie ahead for Jermaine's teenage killer and how Jermaine's whanau are dealing with the aftermath of his death. 18 months after Jermaine's murder, his whānau get to confront his killers in court. How could you both do something so cruel, something so inhumane, right on our very own marae, on a road I drive past every day? Justice Davison took into account the defendant's backgrounds. Both grew up in the mongrel mob and had been exposed to violence and substance abuse. He noted Caleb Renata, 16 at the time of the offending, displayed symptoms of a personality disorder. Which include aggressive and destructive behaviour, violence, violation of social rules and a high level of disregard for others, which includes a lack of remorse and difficulty feeling empathy for others. It ain't the same when you step into the hustle game Got all the haters out there screaming out my name the court heard Caleb Renata's mother was an addict who was mostly absent, and his father was deeply involved in the mongrel mob. You were frequently exposed to criminal offending whilst in his care. Caleb seriously assaulted his brother at age 13 and was using methamphetamine a year later. That's a familiar story. You know, to be born into that environment, that, that's all they're going to know. David Letele has walked in Caleb's shoes. He was a mongrel mob president at the age of 19 and committed serious crimes. What is so attractive about joining a gang at that age? Well, just, just a reckless mindset. Perhaps a sense of belonging, especially if it's in the rural area um, where there's not much around for, for young people. In the 80s, he was sentenced to 10 years prison for armed robbery. There was a glamour side to it not knowing that there was going to be some big consequences in that lifestyle. Was it glamorous? Um, it, it is to start with, but then you become, you, you get to realise that um, it's actually a dead-end street. He knows what could lie ahead in prison for Caleb Renata. He'd be taken under the wing and further coached by the mob. It's likely that he could end up being a full-blown member by the time he gets out. Has what he's done, does that give him any honour within the mob or...? There'd be no shame in it. He'd be welcomed, put it that way. So that violence is rewarded? Well, um, it's accepted. Dave's turned his life around, now running the Grace Foundation. He's dedicated to working with offenders, helping them rebuild their lives. Young men like Caleb Renata. I still believe he's a victim a victim of not getting the, the, the proper care from the beginning, you know.
Uh, where would he have been if, uh, if he was born into a good caring place with mum and dad on board? Who knows where Caleb would have ended up? Sounds like you think he's not responsible for his actions. There's no excuse, you know, regardless of the, the, the background. All I'm saying is that the background has a lot to do with where he ended up and the choice he ended up making. Caleb Renata on the charge of murdering Jermaine Wharton. I sentence you to life imprisonment, and I impose a minimum period of imprisonment of 10 years. Roger Tutakanaho, for the manslaughter of Jermaine Wharton, I sentence you to five years and six months imprisonment. And you're going to do a race with us? For Sharon Ranui, the sentences do little to fill the void left by Jermaine's passing. That feeling will never go away for all of us. It's always going to be that, that thought of Jermaine missing. Well, Paul, oh, I can feel it already. <laughs> Family makes us strong to move forward, to deal with any situations, and I'd say this will be the worst that we've had to deal with. This is the place I come to to remember him and not how he was stolen. Rachel Cairns brings her tamariki to the Fakatani heads to connect with Jermaine. So it's good to go back and remember how goofy he was. Open those gates for us, my darling. Don't get a shock. Thank you. <laughs> Hi. How we loved life, the ocean, the beach, our kids. I want to wake up and watch some cartoons, eh? I feel closer. Because oh, you're dead. Oh. He's in our everyday life still, just not physically. If he were with you now, what do you think he'd be saying? I just heard, well done, Mum. You're doing good. Just keep going. Keep loving our children. I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I'll see you when I get back in, my darling. Now John Boynton Tera Purongo, and it was produced by Janet McIntyre. The third defendant mentioned in that story, Billy Dean Raina, was charged with the murder of Jermaine Walton alongside Caleb Renata and Roger Tutakangaho. However, Raina was acquitted of his charges at trial at the Rotorua High Court earlier this year. Roger Tutakangaho was, also, uh, was found guilty of, for the manslaughter of Jermaine Walton, has since filed an appeal against his conviction and sentence. We want to acknowledge Jermaine's whānau and the community of Waioho. E mihiana ki katoa. Kāti kua
ko te reo te take. Nā te puna whakatongarewa te hui i tautoko.